Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this week's episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes or SoundCloud. Get it automatically. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. The email is open, Josh at MyFirstSketch.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Josh High False. This coming weekend is the Bechdel Test Fest. Over 60 performances and 125 performers fill two days at Christ Church Neighborhood House. Starting at 7 p.m. on Friday, March 3rd, and 1 p.m. on Saturday, March 4th, the tickets are now available at BechtelFest.com. Keeping in that spirit, today's guest is Alyssa Alduki, currently the co-host of Eat Your Beats and Make Up or Break Up at Good Good Comedy. She is primarily a stand-up, but she's also dipping her toe into the sketch world, and she brought with her a parody, mashing up My Super Sweet 16 and The Dog Whisperer. Andrew Coppola plays the dog whisperer, Caesar Milan. Alyssa plays Susan, the mother, and I play Kate, the petulant daughter at her Sweet 16 party, and I also will give you all the visual information and stage direction. So let's go to the sketch. Interior birthday party. Happy Sweet 16 banner hangs in the background. There's a punch bowl and plastic cups on a snack table. Everything is pink and sparkly. Pop music playing. Two teenagers in party dresses are swaying to the music center stage. Kate enters with her mother, Susan. Kate is wearing a tiara, lots of jewelry, and a pink party dress. Susan is in a gray skirt suit. Her hair is a mess. Her glasses are falling off. This is a total disaster, Mom. The decorations are lame, the music awful, and my dress? What were you thinking? My dress doesn't even match the cake. Now, Kate, I, I did my best. I, try to enjoy your party, honey. This is all for you. Kate begins screaming and crying. Uh-oh, sounds like somebody's been a bad girl. This sounds like a job for Nat Geo's Caesar, the dog whisperer. Caesar enters in a t-shirt and jeans, carrying a small black leash. He waves to the audience as he enters and shakes Susan ha- Susan's hand. Kate stands fuming, st- looking on. Caesar turns his attention to Kate. He stands with his feet spread, hands on his hips. Hello, you must be Kate. It's a pleasure to meet you. Kate continues to stand in silence, t- taking huge, heaving breaths. She never breaks eye contact with Caesar. Oh, Caesar, thank God you came. She's a monster. Everything I do to please her, she hates. She won't eat my food. She... Won't play with her toys, and she won't come when I call her. Please help. The key here, Susan, is to create an environment of calm, assert your dominance, and reward the behavior we like. I'm just going to watch for a moment. Kate? Honey? Why don't you try some punch? I heard this is the punch that Taylor Swift serves at her Illuminati dinners. Kate pours herself a cup of punch, takes a sip, and spits it all over the ground. She addresses Susan. What? Are you trying to poison me? This tastes like hippie sweat. This is disgusting. I can't believe you'd expect my friends to drink this. You're nothing. Kate keeps yelling. Susan shrinks away. Caesar grabs Susan by the shoulders and makes her face Kate. I'm sorry, Kate. No, Susan. Here is where you assert your dominance. It's all about your body language. Stand with a powerful posture, but remain calm. Now, snap your fingers and point at her, and she will mirror your calmness. 
Susan follows Caesar's instructions, and Kate goes back to quietly huffing and puffing. She maintains eye contact once again. Very good. Now you know the basics, let's introduce another stimulus. Okay. Okay, Kate, are you ready for your sweet 16 birthday present? Yay! My Maserati! Did you get my name spelled out in crystals on the dashboard like I want it? Is it the shade of pink we had patented for me? Well, they couldn't get the right shade of pink, and the crystals wouldn't stick. But everything else is exactly like you wanted. Happy birthday, sweetie. Susan holds the keys to... Susan holds the keys to Kate. Kate takes a deep breath and screams. How could you do this to me? Give me those keys. I'm going to drive the car off the cliff. No, Kate, your gift. You can't ruin your gift. Susan is holding the keys out of Kate's reach, and Kate is screaming and clawing at her. She even tries to bite Susan once. Now, Susan, keep her separated from what she wants. Hold those keys up high and assert your dominance. Very good. Now swap, snap, and point. Kate backs down and growls. She huffs and puffs. I think we're getting somewhere. It's all about changing your routine. Now, let's reward that good behavior. Caesar takes out his phone. There you go. A new Instagram follower. Kate takes out her phone and smiles and sticks her tongue out happily. You're, you're doing great, Katie. Are you ready for your big surprise? Justin Bieber? Even better. I got you Katy Perry and all of her backup dancers. Katy Perry comes out on stage. Kate huffs and puffs. How could you? Kate emits indiscernible screams that eventually turn into loud, aggressive barking. Kate gets on all fours, barking and growling at Katy Perry. Now, Susan, commanding presence. Put her on this short leech and don't give her any room. Notice how Katy Perry lowers her head in submission to show Kate that she is not a threat? Do not redirect her attention. She must focus on her target and know that they are not to be attacked. Very good. She's calming down. Pet her when she's quiet. Reward. Now, Katy Perry, try singing. Katy Perry begins to sing Firework timidly. Kate, slow, Kate slowly begins to calm down to a low growl when Katy Perry gets to the chorus. Kate rolls on her back and pans like a happy puppy. Oh my god, I, I love this song. Kate begins singing along and rolling around the floor, licking Susan's hand. Caesar, you did it. She's actually having fun at her own birthday party. How can I ever thank you? It was nothing. If there is ever anything you need. Well, she did pee on my shoes. Hey, Alyssa. Hi. <laughs> uh, so tell me where this idea came from. Um, so uh, I, I think I... Either somebody mentioned uh, like a petulant child or my super sweet 16, that horrible show. And great show. Great show. I mean, it's very pinnacle of human existence. Yeah. I, I would love to be one of those young women. <laughs> I think it's just, it's for me, it's all jealousy. I just, I wish that was me uh, <laughs> a little bit. So um, I guess I just wanted <laughs> to be a bratty 16 year old, but I also do think that they're horrible animals oh yeah they are and so, uh i wanted to combine two great shows into one you're basically parroting like two things at once like yeah because you have like the tropes of sweet 16 and mm -hmm. caesar milan so yeah two birds one stone mm -hmm. what what uh got you to write this um i was in uh sketch 101 with matt schmidt at fit 
Okay. Yeah. So you did do, you did do the classic. I like, did. All right, but you are primarily a stand-up. Correct. I, I think. And a game show host. And a game show host. Mostly game shows now. What? All right. So we're gonna start all the way at the beginning. Yes. What made you laugh growing up? Oh wow, you really did start from the beginning. Yeah. Um, my father still loves cartoons, and we always watched Tom and Jerry together. Mm-hmm. Um, he also raised me on Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like uh, Naked Gun right. and uh, uh, all of them. And um, he loved the Hot Shots movies. He just really loves like zany, mm-hmm. goofy, dumb things. And we were, we were always and laughing. there's not much dumber than Hot Shots and yeah. Naked Gun movies. There's an actual rubber chicken yeah. in most of those movies. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I remember like Hot Shots and like it was a little scandalous for me. because I don't yeah. know if it's, if it's Hot Shots or Hot Shots 2 where there's like that that faux sex scene where he fries the egg on her stomach or I something. I was thinking about the and ice cube melting. And yeah, like I remember that, that was like the olives. naughty movie for Yeah. And we watched it as a family, and I was like, <laughs> oh, comedy can be weird. So, all right, so Tom and Jerry, like, I don't really even have that much, like, like cultural reference for Tom and Jerry. I just know that they're, like, I don't think I've ever seen, like, a full cartoon of them. So, I grew up with, like, one English television station, and then a bunch of Arabic television stations, and we spoke English in the house, and we right. speak Arabic, but... Um, most of the cartoons that translate uh, across the world yeah. don't have any dialogue. So we grew up on a lot of Warner Brothers, a lot of um, Tom and Jerry, mm-hmm. uh, things that don't really require a lot of stuff. I mean, Bugs Bunny is the king of puns, and we loved that too. But, you know, it, it translated. Okay. This, I want to bring this up. Since you mentioned king of puns, I don't <laughs> know if this is going to make me sound like a jerk or whatever. But what is it with people with multiple languages and puns? I feel like that's a oh, thing. Oh, you think that's a thing? Like I, 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 f- I love puns. I feel like once I'm you learn English puns. and like you cut catch that symbol, like oh yeah. Do you have any insight into that? Well, I know that in Arabic we use a lot of them, uh-huh. but my mom was always super into puns, and she's American. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I think they're great. I think as a person who loves languages and speaks a lot of them, I think the more languages you learn, the How, cooler like, it is. A lot of them? like I speak English and Arabic, and I speak some French and Spanish. Okay. I think that's a lot by normal Yeah, but standards. like it's not like, okay, so, but you're not like fully fluent in Spanish or French? Right. Like, yeah, I can get by in a basic we can drop you. We can drop you into Spain, and yeah. you'll be okay. okay. I'll be fine. You don't you don't have to write a college dissertation, but you can get to exactly. Okay. I can get places by that makes okay. um, fruit. Um, so then, what? Like as you grow up, like what? How does your comedy fandom progress? Like, how do we get from Tom and Jerry and Zucker movies, Leslie Nielsen, to you being a stand-up? Like fan-wise, like what? Fan-wise, like all right, if if you're primarily a stand-up, who were the stand-ups that you? watched growing up I didn't watch a lot of stand-up growing up actually I never really watched a lot of stand-up I it's one of the things that I I always feel like everyone's like oh do you saw this and I'm like no I don't I don't watch (laughs) a lot of stand-up still um I do now more than I ever have but when I was growing up my parents had Eddie Murphy and Bill Cosby on record all right both of those are problematic now yeah I know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. 
Um, and, oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, because, like, I remember having Bill Cosby, because, like, mm-hmm. and being in a religious family, the Noah uh, bits from their one record where, like, yeah. were huge, because, like, oh, kind of biblical, kind of funny. Right. Jesus, no. And then, like, uh, oh, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh. It was him and Alan Sherman. Like, I had that. Do you know? Like, Alan Sherman has a song called Hello Mother, Hello Father. Uh huh. And there's like, it's, oh, yeah. it's musical. Yeah. Like, it's all musical stuff. And it's just, okay. Like, 60s and. Didn't uh, work out great. It's, it's fine. Like, but it's definitely dated now, I think. But, yeah. Um, like, he did a couple parodies. So he could have been like Weird Al before Weird Al. Uh-huh. Uh, if we want to accuse him of that or. Put weird out. A little like a Tom Lehrer. Yeah. Um. So. I guess I really actually got into sketch first. I um. We were talking about the state. I loved the state mm-hmm. forever and ever and ever. And I thought that that was like again, it was very zany. Mm-hmm. I really, you know, growing up with a lot of zany cartoons and, um, you know, Leslie Nielsen movies. I uh, I really I really enjoyed that off the wall weird mm-hmm. humor. Um, you had mentioned, uh, like, before we start recording, you had mentioned the uh, Mr. Mousy, like, what, right? Is that? Yeah. Um, where's the Mousy? Where's the Mousy? So, like, what would you consider, like, your favorite sketch from the state? That's a tough one. I really like Cramp, um, where everybody's at a party and one person's in the pool and they get a cramp and then uh, the yeah. person goes to rescue them and they get a cramp and everybody else. Um, where's the mouse? He's great. I love the snuggles, the bear mm-hmm. where, um, Carrie Kenny smashes them with the mm-hmm. iron. Um, there's so many. Um, did you like get any Saturday Night Live, Mad TV? Cause like that would have been like the bigger yeah. cultural sketch shows in that time not really definitely not until i moved to the u.s when i was 17 and even then it took a while for me because i was immersed in my studies that i didn't okay so i totally like totally missed that point when you said there was one english channel and the rest was arabic (laughs) and snl doesn't get by the censors (laughs) where is that like all right so like what is where, where are you from like i'm from kuwait okay what is comedy like in Kuwait? Kuwait, like, <laughs> well, um, it's a lot of uh, very silly sitcoms, like a lot of slapstick. Like people like to go to these plays, and mm-hmm. then they televise the plays, but it's all slapstick and wailing women and melodrama and goofy situational mm-hmm. things. So, like, so no subtlety, no like, no, a lot of puns, a lot of puns. <laughs> a lot of puns. Huh. So okay. So now we're going to go in that route. Like you come to America at 17 for mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. presumably. Like, yeah. so where are you going? I went to Kalamazoo College in Kalamazoo, Michigan. How do you go <laughs> from Kuwait <laughs> to Kalamazoo, Michigan? Like, what's that decision like? Well, I um, wanted to go to a small liberal arts school. Okay. I wanted to go somewhere where nobody knew me and I had to start all over again. And I had an online boyfriend who lived in Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Not necessarily in that order. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Who we dated for three years and we had a a lovely relationship. He's a fabulous, fabulous gentleman. Still love him. It's still like, how do you pick? 
Like, it was this or Smith. It was this or Smith College, which is is one of the Seven Sisters. Okay, okay. Um, and I'd already been to an all-women's school, and I was like, I think I've done that, and I wanted to try out Kalamazoo. I w- why wouldn't I go to Kalamazoo? And I got a shit ton of scholarships from them. Can I swear? Yeah, that's I don't okay, care. Great. Shit. Um, like, okay, so you're in Kalamazoo at 17, mm-hmm. halfway across the country from where I mean, half, halfway across the world from where you grew up. Mm-hmm. What is like your first real steps into American comedy, like, other than state, like? Yeah. What movies are out at that point that like you would be going to or Yeah, I guess I was going to the movies. It was two thousand and five. Okay. I never really went out to see movies. There was a uh, an on campus improv group called Monkapult that was really cool and I went to all of their shows. But I was a music major when I started actually, so I was like in a band and mm. doing that instead. So there's um, always been a performance aspect. Always, to I went to theater school from when I was 11. Did you like perform a lot, like at, in theaters? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was in a like a the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art theater program at a, some British youth theater in in Kuwait. Okay, I was about to say like yeah, they had like an enters output. a whole yeah, another, they like, like come from England and test you. Wow, so like, and is that all English performance? Um. It was, there were, I mean, all of the students were from all over. There were a handful of British students, Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of us were halvesies like me or um, Arabs or Indians or Pakistanis or people from all over the place. And so um, a lot of the plays were British. Like, but when I got to do Monica, a lot of Shakespeare, mostly Shakespeare. Okay. That's, uh, but we also did, um, like Oliver Twist and the Chronicles of Narnia, which was fantastic. Hmm. I was the lead wolf in that one. <laughs> I I have no like I don't wolf know if, number one. I have no like I don't think I've ever read any of the Narnia books or seen any of the movies. Or For shame! I, that's the books are so good. I'm all um, children's literature all the time. <laughs> Um, that's right. a, that's another thing I, in comedy, I guess I pretty much have only read children's literature my entire life, so, like, which has an element of whimsy. Like what? Like what? If I said, re- recommend me a book right now. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Like the actual original Jane Barry. Absolutely. It's not a children's book, but full of whimsy and philosophy and, um, Captain Hook is one of the more underrated literary characters. Hmm. Absolutely. Hmm. His dedication to good form. Despite his e- cruel nature, I understand good form because Dustin Hoffman says that all the time. Exactly, in Hook. good form. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so back to Michigan. Yes. Where, when do you start doing stand up? Like, I didn't start doing stand up until well after I moved to Philly. I was at a bar because my friends owned that bar, mm-hmm. and they posted, "Hey." Or they told me, hey, we're having an open mic night. The first one, you should come out and uh, participate. I was like, yeah, I love my friends. I love beer. Let's go out. I bring my siblings. We go to this open mic. I have three beers, and my brother tells me to put my name in the hat. So I do. And I tell a story because at the time, I was really into risk. Mm -hmm, And I was super into storytelling. And I was like, I can do storytelling. I I can absolutely do this. But I have a problem writing long things. So I get on stage, and I realize, like, oh, I can tell that whole story in 
probably about five seconds Mm -hmm. and have it be way more successful and way more succinct and way more evocative Mm -hmm. than the five minute story I just tried to tell. Right. And that story is a bit that I still use. And uh, after that, people were like, hey, come to this open mic if you want to keep doing this. And so I went to open mic. All right. So since you actually still use the thing, I can say, like, do you remember your first joke? (laughs) I do remember my first joke and I still use it. But it's, it's a full story, so. Uh, the bit is very quick, but uh, the full story, yeah, it, yeah, I, it was just too complex. And mm-hmm. Um, so, so just on a whim, hanging out with your friend at your friend's bar, like mm-hmm. a couple of years later, put your name in the hat. Put and, my name in the hat. And a couple of years later, now you're still doing it. Absolutely, and, like, and I, yeah, I host my own stand-up show. Um, so like, do you? But what are the influences that you have as a stand-up, like? Is there anything that like really peeks out that like you can say clearly this is part of my language as a stand up or I think that's hard to pinpoint because I don't he- I don't hear myself in other stand up comedians like mm-hmm. I don't I can I'm I'm very formulaic and so I can like break down somebody else's joke and be like how can I use this formula to mm-hmm. my advantage or for something I want to say, but I don't, I don't see myself in other comics. So I have a hard time. Like I love Maria Bamford. I Mm. love the way she uses voices. I like to use voices. I like to use faces and characters and my body language a lot. She really inspires me, but I would never say that like her style of comedy informed mine, but I think it gives me, an opportunity to do the things that I want to do. It's it's showing you what's possible. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Should we, we, I can tweak something here and like, yeah. Or like, Oh, like I'm allowed to do that on stage <laughs> yeah. or in front of my parents, <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, absolutely. So what was the, uh, impetus to do sketch, to take the sketch class? It's, uh, well, uh, to expand my comedic, knowledge and like I said I love a good formula and I know that a class is going to teach me a formula and once I have a recipe I can plug in my own ingredients yeah um which I think is great and uh the class was very good for that um and it's why not be able to do more I think it's only to my advantage not to paint myself into a corner if I want to do art from life right um so it was 101 with matt schmidt yeah was there anyone else in the class that still like is doing stuff has started doing sketch shows have you noticed or oh it that yeah. recently enough that um this guy evan in my class he is a senior in high school he emailed me and i never got back to him i feel horrible but how dare he was, you i know i'm such a jerk off but um <laughs> he wrote a sketch and he was like hey can you like give me some advice and i was like yeah absolutely i'm gonna get to it i'm gonna get to it and i never got to it oh but he's so such a now that you record it saying that you probably should do that like yeah don't ever do that no, i'm saying like get back to evan like yeah i know i gotta get back to evan hey evan if, evan. Hear, if you hear this she's got you um don't be disappointed in me please (laughs) it was a good sketch uh so like and all right as as a stand-up and as a sketch like as a sketch writer how do you like distinguish the two like do you find yourself writing in a different voice as a sketch writer versus a stand-up like Mm -hmm. when you have an idea 
how do you know which one to pursue it with? Like, yeah. Um, when I come up with an idea, it's definitely like one of a few different types of an idea. Like there mm-hmm. are some things I'm like, man, that would make a great stand up bit. And I sit on it and I sit on it and I work it out and I chew on it and it just doesn't work because in my mind I'm picturing the thing happening. Right. And that's a sketch. A lot of times it's a lot less personal and it's more like taking an aspect of my personality and expanding it and making it ridiculous. Whereas in stand-up, it's like taking my personality and delving deeper into yeah. it and making it a little more. And uh, you mentioned you do a game. Okay. So what, what, what's your lineup of shows? Like it's. Uh, I, uh, I host, I co-host Eat Your Beats okay. at Good Good Comedy with Alejandro Morales. It's a comedy food themed rap battle game mm-hmm. show. Make Up or Break Up. Also a good good with John Deary. That is a newlywed style game show where we try to break up the contestants. Okay. <laughs> and then um, every month I do Yard Sale Comedy Showcase with four amazing, hilarious women. Uh, and that's a showcase followed by an open mic. So with the, the game shows, because basically like Eat Your Beats and Make Up or Break Up are essentially comedy game shows mm-hmm. live. First off, where did the idea for Make Up or Break Up come from? Like... The idea was John's, and he asked me to be a part of it. He and his friend Vin came up with it. Mm. Um, I don't exactly know the origin story of that, yeah. actually. But, yeah, they, they came up with it. I was brought on board for both of the game shows right? Um, it, after the fact. So I wish I had a cooler origin story for you. So, so you're just hanging. Like, I'm you're just the, hanging. You're the, oh, I said just. I hate that word so much. Like. <laughs> I'm uh let's call it riding the coattails. Just and content are two words I hate more than anything. Content. Content is a horrible word. I hate it so much. I've had enough of that. Um so okay, so, but you have like you keep busy and you're how many like overnights do you do generally like How many mo- shows do I do? Yeah, like I usually have three extra things a week that I'm doing. If it's not like a podcast, somebody else's show, a stand-up show. Uh, with a sketch comedy co- podcast like this, like I always mention how Saturday Night Live is like the juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Like, so even if it's not from the show itself, but like historically, who would be your favorite Saturday Night Live cast member? Ooh. Um, right now I love Kate McKinnon. Mm-hmm. I just think, again, she's like, Got that silly voice, face. She's just, her timing is sharp. Her faces are on point. Her, she just, she always nails whatever individual moment she's trying to do. Fully, fully dive in, fully like, yeah, committed to it. Absolutely. Uh, It's just, it's very sharp and clear what she's (laughs) trying to accomplish. This past weekend's episode when she did a Jeff Sessions and the, the cold open, like, Oh my god! Uh, I was just like, "Wow, that wig is terrifying! <laughs> like, it is just bonkers to me." But then, oh, like, great. and then she does Liz Warren at the, like in Update, and she's just yeah. I think <laughs> I think it's pretty universal that Kate McKinnon is the best current cast member. Yes. So I don't think anyone has disne- has disagreed with that. Don't yet. you dare disagree with that. I think someone did say Keenan at one point, but Keenan, he's just been around forever. Yeah, legacy. Uh, so what, what drew you to comedy? Like you mentioned doing music, you mentioned Mm -hmm. performing and like plays and stuff. So why is it comedy now? 
Well, the moment that I can pinpoint was I was, um, I was managing a restaurant and I was standing with two of my coworkers and I was telling the story that eventually turned into this joke. Mm -hmm. And one of them said, you gotta tell that on stage. They were like, you tell all these funny stories. They said straight up, you tell all these funny stories. You have all these funny stories. You have to tell them to somebody else besides us idiots (laughs) bussing tables at a restaurant. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess, you know, I'll look into comedy as my current mm-hmm. art outlet. And it sure. oh, and it worked. And then uh, in this time of between writing stand-up material and writing sketch material, is there something that you've learned from comedy that you could share with a, either a new writer or someone that, like, is pursuing it? Like, what's something that you can pass on? Mm. Um, two things. First one is just sit down and make yourself right. Second one is don't let the bastards get you down. I mean, there's a lot of bastards. There's like. so many, but you can't let them get you down. Somebody, uh, Ruby Nicholas is a great comedian and she gave me some advice. She was like, listen, at the end, it's just going to be you. Mm-hmm. So do whatever the fuck you want. Don't listen to anybody else. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's actually, that makes a lot of sense. Have you performed, like, sketch much since doing the class? Like, no, I haven't. doing, like, sketch up around that? I, like? lo- I mean, I, I, lo- I love acting, and I, uh, I would like to do more. I don't find time anymore to that's, find new things yeah. to do. Is the, Now that I've found, like, a kind of a track, kind of, yeah. like, I'm... as much as I want to keep branching out. And if someone asked me like, Hey, I need an actor. Absolutely do that. Um, I guess I, I guess I could take on one more thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, I totally forgot. I should have mentioned this earlier. Uh, Bechtel. I keep like, I always keep freaking out that I'm saying it wrong. Cause that, that BHD is really annoying me. Uh, Bechtel fast, uh, Bechtel Mm -hmm. test fast because Mm -hmm. there actually is another Bechtel fast around somewhere. Um, so, so you're performing there. I am. March 3rd. March 3rd. So you're on the Friday night. I am. I think uh, I'm the 6 o'clock. Uh, doing stand-up? Yes. Okay. Um, tell me about that last year because last year was the first one. Yeah, it was amazing. It's such a cool space. Um, it's kind of intimidating for a stand-up because it's these huge yeah. ceilings and it's this huge space. Um, but there are so many great people and the atmosphere is so warm and exciting. It really feels like a festival. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel like a comedy festival. No. <laughs> it feels like a, a fun carnival festival. But it is, mo- uh, but it is you know, mostly stand-ups and improv. Like, yeah. So why not? Why doesn't it feel like a comedy festival? There's because no- it's fun. <laughs> Everybody's. Are you saying every other comedy festival is not fun? <laughs> They're just they just get so stressful. <laughs> yeah, they do. Stressful and competitive, and this is just <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you did so great, and. There's like a room, a giant room full of women going, oh, <laughs> getting ready for something. And it's, it's just neat. There's pizza and wine everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Backstage is better than, <laughs> no, on stage is amazing, but backstage is really great. All right, so I got to figure out how to bring pizza and wine to every other festival that I'm a part of. Absolutely. Just to make it a little bit better. Pizza and wine makes everything better. All right. Uh, thanks, Alyssa. Yeah, thanks for having me.
Melissa Alduki will perform in this year's Bechtel Test Fest in the 8 p.m. block on Friday, March 3rd. Go to BechtelFest.com for more information. She co-hosts Eat Your Beats, the comedy food-based rap battle show, and Make Up or Break Up, a sadistic spin on the newlywed game at Good Good Comedy. GoodGoodComedy.com for dates and times. Also, if you're listening to this the day it's uploaded, go to Bourbon and Branch tonight for their monthly stand-up showcase, Yard Sale Comedy. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketch Fest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy.